With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It's got great odds and markets for the NBA, NHL, college basketball, and so much more. It has got awesome new and existing user promotions. It is unquestionably America's number one sports book. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. It's a fast turnaround. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started right now. Sign up with promo code BOXING so they know that I sent you. Promo code BOXING so they know Chris Mannix sent you their way. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. All right, big fight weekend in New York. Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, biggest women's fight in women's boxing history. Uh, that'll be at Mad Square Garden on Saturday. That's why you can watch on DAZN. Later that evening, 130-pound title unification fight. Shakur Stevenson. Oscar Valdez out in Las Vegas. When I want to talk women's boxing, there's only one guy I bring in, Cornelius Erdman <laughs> from BoxingScene.com, uh, also boxing broadcaster all around. And people that are there just listening to this podcast, which is all of you, I guess, um, Corey's got quite the outfit on today. <laughs> He's got a TLC T-shirt, a Terry Norris Taylor, what is that? Meldrick Taylor? Yeah, Terry Norris Meldrick Taylor. Yeah. T- Taylor hat. Yeah. You look like you just fished through a trash can and found, like, clothes to wear. I mean, to be fair, you called me to do this when I was literally at the gym. I mean, to but, be... I mean, I, listen, I planned this outfit, too. To so. be fairer, you were wearing that outfit at the gym. Like, you were wearing it out. Well, I was wearing a Gold's, uh, Gold's Gym stringer tank at the gym. I put a more appropriate shirt on for the uh, the hotel lobby to do this. It's a Gold's Gym stringer tank. Yeah. I don't, I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't wear that. I appreciate you. You've seen me in that. I have seen you in that. You take <laughs> pictures of that. It's not, it's not a pretty sight. Um, so, uh, Corey, let's start with where we are in New York. Taylor Serrano, um, mega event. We were at the uh, press conference on Wednesday. Hundreds of media members 
uh, were there from across the world. Ireland's covering it. The UK is covering it. Major media outlets in the U.S. are covering it. Give, give me the kind of your take. Like, is how big an event to you is this? What stands out to you about the event specifically? Well, I'll put this into into perspective. In I think it was 2013 in Toronto, there was a, an international women's boxing conference for academics and writers, and I was a speaker at that event. And I think there were about 20 attendees. So to go from that to now women headlining at Madison Square Garden and the number of press members that you mentioned coming out and treating this as it should be treated, that's tremendous progress that I've witnessed just in my lifetime covering this sport. Um, so I'm very proud of everyone that is involved. I'm proud of every women's fighter that has come before them that has made this a possibility. Um, it's a dramatic turnaround because it wasn't that long ago, Chris, and, and you know this, where it was totally normal to be completely disparaging towards women's boxing and towards women's fighters just on main, online, you know, writing terrible things about women's fighters and, and putting them down. And to now... Bert Sugar wrote some of the... And I love Bert. Yeah. He wrote some of the worst things about women's boxing. Yeah, it's horrifying. You know, and, and that's like that's going back a little while, but I'm talking even like three years ago. Uh, it was totally yeah. normal and not frowned upon. And now to see people make that turn and, and treat this fight as they would any other fight if it were two men headlining at Madison Square Garden, that's tremendous progress. Well, this is like my thing. I, it's... The first major event to headline, it will absolutely not be the last because there are some great women's boxers active right now. Claressa Shields will be on the broadcast. Sinisa Estrada, who may be within earshot of us as we record this, <laughs> will be in attendance as well. Just elite women that are going to be headlining. Like, for the next couple of years, big events. Yeah, I mean, there are, I mean, and there are marquee matchups. Of course, Sinise is going to be involved in, in many of them. Shields and Savannah Marshall is going to be coming up a little bit later on. And this is just the beginning. And this is finally, this is breaking a threshold, too, financially for women's fighters where, you know, these women are going to get paid seven figures, which was not in the realm of possibility if you were a woman who wanted to box, again, even three to five years ago. And now that that is a possibility... You know, now we start getting more and more talent. You know, we see a lot of really good amateur fighters in the women's ranks who just don't turn pro because it's not worth it because you have to hold a second job in order to do this. And, and now that that ceiling is starting to be broken, uh, this changes things moving. So this isn't just kind of like one momentous occasion. I think this sets, this tips the dominoes over for, I think, an influx of new women's talent in the coming years. How about, I've never seen Eddie Hearn flustered. He was flustered by Jake Paul at the press. When Jake said, I want to bet you a million dollars in this fight, I think Eddie's face turned red. Like, I've never seen him shook like that. And he finally shook hands on it. He's like, all right, we'll paper it up. Like, yeah, 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 we'll do that. Like, he was, he was flummoxed by all that. Um, all right, let's talk about the fight itself. Uh, Taylor versus Serrano. Taylor's called it a 50-50 type of fight. I tend to agree. Um, you know, who do you, who do you lean towards? Who do you give an advantage towards? I, I've gone back and forth on this. I mean, I, I think you can make two arguments. I think you can say that... Katie Taylor has had to fight through the kind of adversity that Serrano hasn't yet in her career. And part of that is because Serrano, to her credit, has just been so dominant at every weight class. But I think it's also true that Katie has fought better opposition and bigger opposition. And she's had to come from behind in fights. She has come from behind to win those fights. She's experienced things in the ring that Amanda Serrano has not. On the flip side, you could maybe say, and, to, and Katie will admit this, that she's had some disappointing performances and those are her words in recent fights and that maybe Serrano is catching Taylor 
you know, in the autumn of her career. I, I've gone back and forth on this. Like, there's a part of me that thinks that Serrano is more adaptable offensively and that if this fight turns out the way that I think it will, which is them fighting in a phone booth and, you know, forehead to forehead going at it in, in, in the pocket, that Serrano, I think, just has is a little more creative offensively and might wind up giving Katie some trouble. Like, I I, I'm not prepared to just say outright that Serrano's going to win, but, like, that needle keeps leaning in that direction for me. That's not the way Taylor needs to fight this fight. She's got to move. Yeah. You know, you know, even Amanda, even though Amanda's not as powerful at 135, and we're recording this on the day of the way, and Amanda weighed in just under 134 pounds that she was eating all week long. Like, she was not cutting weight. She was downing cheeseburgers and yeah. going out, and not going out, out, but going out and eating on a regular basis. So she's going to be... Uh, Katie's gonna have the physical size advantage going into this fight, but she can't stand in the pocket and trade, right? Like that's that just feels like a bad strategy for her. Yeah, but it's also it's it's kind of Katie's mentality too, yeah. right? And like she wants to stand and trade, and and in historically when Katie gets hit, she fires back with combinations, right? And sometimes that's been to her detriment. Um, yeah, I think it would be smart for her to kind of resist those urges a little bit in this fight and give Serrano some different looks because again, Serrano has basically been able to roll with plan A in every single one of her fights. And so I think it would be good for Taylor, even if not for the entire fight, to your point, box a little bit, give her some different looks, and make Serrano adapt a little bit because she hasn't really had to do that. She's been able to effectively steamroll most of her opponents over the last couple of years. Yeah, uh, I, I, mean, I think it's a great fight. Uh, I, I lean towards Katie. I think she's been, to your earlier point, she's been in tougher fights i mean amanda's got the seven world titles but many of those were vacant titles that she won taylor will be the best opponent of her career by far, by far yeah by far whereas you know katie's fought top 10 pound for pound women she's done two fights with delphine pursuun um she beat jessica mccaskill like she's fought the best in around her weight class and like mccaskill was a is a big girl like physically strong and katie hung in there and you know, battled with her. So I, I just think she's got a little bit more tools in the toolbox. I think it'll, go, it'll definitely go to the judges. Yeah. But, you know, Katie's comfortable in these two-minute rounds. She's comfortable at this weight. Uh, I think she wins a close decision. My fear, as it always is in boxing, is that the judges are going to fuck this up royally, like they are. This I think is, you I'm, can fear that in every fight. But, like, this, is, but this <laughs> is one. Like, you know, women's boxing, when you have active punchers, is tough enough as it is to score. Like, I'm sure I'll screw it up on you know, some rounds. People will disagree with me. Many of you tweet at me. It's much appreciated. Um, but, like, I, my fear is that there's – I mean, I just go back to what we saw in Texas a couple of weeks ago where Marlon Esparza uh, – Yeah, 190. I mean, or, twice. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100 and, like, what are we watching? Like, the, they, And this, this judging crew is – it's not the A-list. You know, Steve Weisfeld is not on this show. Glenn Feldman is not on this show or on this fight. So, I mean, that's, that to me is a legitimate concern. I, I asked both camps, like, do you have any problem with the judges? Like, it's like, speak now or forever hold your peace. And they said no. So I don't want to hear it afterwards. Like, if, if these judges who I, I don't know, I wouldn't call them the best, if they screw it up, I mean, that could be what everybody's talking about afterwards. Do you think the judges are more prone to fucking up women's fights because of two-minute rounds? Like, do you think that they can't, you know, because... I don't even know if it's two-minute rounds. It's like the activity of the fighters, right? Right. Like, yeah. 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 So, I, it, it just, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to score some of them. Um, I don't know any other way to put it. Like, they're just, they're just hard to score some of these fights. And I, like... Amanda's a volume puncher. Katie's a volume puncher. Like, you know, does Amanda sit down or punch a little bit more? Probably. Do they appreciate that more than Katie's kind of flurrying? Um, 
I don't know, but like I, I guarantee you, if you like if you listen to this podcast, I'm telling you there'll be one absolutely outrageous scorecard. Just one that's like 99-91 Taylor. Like I'm telling you, it's coming. I mean, that's probably going to be the only controversy involved in this fight. I've never seen two fighters more complimentary of one another than these two. Like yeah, they no were sizzle. even, even in our like private fighter meetings, they were they would not say a bad word about yeah. one another, like either personally or professionally. They just would not do it. Do you think I mean, Eddie wouldn't comment on a rematch clause, but this has got it like if this does well, got to be first of like 3. Like who like why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't yeah. you do a rematch? Um, maybe do one in Puerto Rico if you can. Maybe do one in Ireland if Katie can get back in there in the aftermath of uh, what happened with MTK, um, which has effectively been the reason Katie has not been able to fight in Ireland. That You can read that about that story at SI.com or in the magazine. Um, Maybe you do it in all over the world, but like, there's no reason to believe these two shouldn't fight multiple times. No, especially like, what else is out there for them? You, yeah, and especially if this is the most profitable option for both of them, which is which is what you want. And it, it, another point I want to make about Katie Taylor, which I think people don't often appreciate, is that it's not often that people who are kind of like vanguards and trailblazers in their space are also the most vocal advocates for everything going on. And Katie Taylor, throughout her life, has just always been at the forefront and a, a vocal advocate for women's boxing. You go mm. back to when Aiba tried to make women wear skirts in the ring, tried to mandate that. She said, okay, I'm not going to fight. You know, the women's boxing being in the Olympics, Katie Taylor was one of the people on the front line making sure that that would be the Where'd case. She, she went to Chicago and lobbied them, I think. Yeah, time, you yeah. know, and you hear often, like, people like to say... Uh, they like to talk about how they want to inspire people. You know, we always hear athletes or just people just in generally say that, you know, like my goal is to inspire the next the next generation, whatever. A lot of times you get the sense that people, they, they want people to say that they were the one to inspire them. They don't actually want to do that. Like yeah. I, always, I get the sense that Katie legitimately cares about the next generation of women's fighters and cares about women's boxing in general. Like I, I think that she's a really remarkable sporting figure that – you know, maybe hasn't been given the proper appreciation during her pro career that, that maybe she deserves. Yeah. Well, I think it's going to be cool to be ringside for this event. I mean, 18,000 fans, whatever it winds up being, Irish and Puerto Rican fans, like, yeah. going to be wild in that venue. It's going to be uh, really cool. Official prediction? Give me give me, uh, give <laughs> me something. put me on the spot? I have to, yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be a draw. Wow. Okay. A Good draw. Up. A, dr a draw. Yeah. Okay. Is betting legal here? Can I go? It's legal in, the, in yeah. New York. Yes. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe ethically, I should not bet on this. Probably not. Probably, Probably not, not if you're yeah. part of the broadcast yeah. crew here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Right. I'm going Taylor by close decision. I think okay. she's just got a, again a few more tools than Amanda. I keep harping on the weight, even though you know Amanda says it's not a big deal. She feels just as strong at 135. You know, she couldn't really move Miriam Gutierrez in that last fight. She won clearly, but um, at 126, I think Amanda Serrano is unbeatable at 135. Not so sure. She's going up against the best at 135. I also think Katie's coming into this fight as healthy as she's been before. Like, she doesn't talk about injuries and illnesses, but I know she's been battling some stuff in recent fights. Um, this is going to be the very best of Katie Taylor, and I think she's still got um, a lot left a lot left in her. All right. Yeah, yeah oh, go I was going to say one more point is that this is also a fight that Katie's been thinking about her whole life. Like, she talked about how when she was turning pro, yeah. she was looking at Serrano as that fight that she wanted. So as much as this is a big deal for Serrano, this is also the fight that Katie's been chasing for years and years, too. So I think she's going to get up for this fight. Both of them will. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's go out to Vegas, or pivot to Vegas. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, Oscar Valdez. If this wasn't 
Taylor Saran a weekend. We'd be there talking about that oh, yeah. all the time. We're still talking about that. Shakur is coming up later uh, on this podcast as well. Um, you know, Valdez is really good. I just think Shakur is special. Like going to this man, like I think Shakur has got something. You know, he's six years removed now from the Olympics, silver medalist, two division world champion, and what I saw from him against Jamel Herring was a guy that grew into his body. Like just the way he kind of didn't just box Herring, who theoretically was the physically bigger fighter, just took the fight to him, got physical with him in the ring, and eventually got him got the referee uh, to stop it. So I, I think it's a great fight. I think Valdez is better than what he showed against Conceição because all that stuff was going on around him at that time. His own fault, but all that stuff with the positive drug test. He was brilliant against Miguel Burchelt, but I think I think Shakur is on just a different level than a lot of guys in boxing. He wins this fight. Um, he might jump into the top 10 in my pound-for-pound pound list. Yeah, I think that Shakur is, is special, and I think that... You see how other fighters talk about Shakur, you know, when people ask fighters for their pound for pound, or when they ask, which fighters do you like to watch? They all, almost always mention Shakur Stevenson as one of them. And, and when you hear that kind of appreciation from your contemporaries, that really speaks to me. And, and yeah, sometimes you just look at a fighter and you look at their attributes and how they operate in the ring, and yeah, they're, they're special. There's something different about Shakur Stevenson. And to your point... I think he grew into his body, and I also think that he found kind of a, a meanness in the ring in, in his recent outings, too, where, yeah, he can push people around. He's not just uh, enjoying the fact that he can outbox anyone in that division, anyone in his weight neighborhood. He can also beat them up. Um, and I think he's going to have to find that against Valdez, too, because Valdez is going to make him get physical with him as well. Um, this is, a, a, I think, just... Obviously, this is a tremendous fight, but it's a great style matchup, I think, to show the, the, the full spectrum of what Shakur Stevenson is capable of, if he's as special as we think he is. Yeah, I, I don't I mean Valdez can win. He's excellent. Part of Team Canelo, they work. But, man, I, I think Shakur is going to want – like, and then talking to Shakur, you can listen to him a little bit later on. Like, his confidence is through the roof right now. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a guy that's just – believes everything – is going right for him at this moment. And well, what is Valdez like a plus five fifty underdog or something like? I think that's deserved. Yeah, I, I just think I think Shakur's just that good. But that's wild that yeah. Oscar Valdez is a plus five fifty. Maybe people underdog, are reading right? too much into um, the last fight uh, because it wasn't good. But uh, yeah, I, he he should be getting a little bit more credit. But I just I, I wouldn't bet on him. I wouldn't bet money on Valdez. I think Shakur's is great. And like I think after this fight, if there's nothing. You know, sexy for him at 130. He can go right up to 135. Right. Like, Jamel Herring told me that recently. He thinks that Shakur is bound for 135 sooner rather than later. And you, know, you go up there, that's where a lot of money is. Big fights are there. I mean, this guy could become a superstar really quickly. Yeah, I agree. And and he's he's really growing into his personality, too. I think Shakur, um, and obviously he was a lot younger, was, was much quieter, was much more reserved earlier on in his career. And now he's kind of found that bombast yeah. that can appeal to people on, on either side, you know, make you want to see Shakur lose yeah. uh, or ingratiate him to the public as well. So I think everything is really coming together for Shakur at such a young age, too. I mean, this this is a guy who can be one of the, the flag bearers for the sport for years to come. Yeah, no question. Corey, uh, good to see you, man. Uh, go change, please. Don't, don't, go, to. don't go to the production meeting dressed like that. Like, uh, and this has come from someone who wears white T-shirts every day of his life. Yeah. Um, well, I have my Whitney Houston I'm Every Woman shirt. Don't I sent you a picture. Either. I texted you I, last yeah, night. Yeah. Yeah, Should I wear that? Yeah, no. well, how many beers deep were you at that point when you were texting High me? noons? 15, probably. <laughs> yeah. 15. Yeah. Corey, good to talk to you, man. Thanks good for joining Good to talk me. to you. 
All right, in the ring on Saturday will be two of the top three women's pound-for-pound fighters in the world. With me right now is a woman I think is top five pound-for-pound, number four on SI.com's recent pound-for-pound list. Why are, you gl- why are you glaring at me, Sinisa Estrada? Like that, I feel like that was... Number four, I'll take it. You'll take yes. it. I mean, you yeah. can't really Thank argue you. that point yet. Like, you're, you're great. Like Amanda Katie, top three. You, if I put Clarissa, if I put you above Clarissa, I'd have to like hide. Like she, <laughs> yeah, she'd she hunt me down. Okay. Like for your safety, for, I'll take number for four. For my safety, I appreciate that. Uh, you were here in New York uh, for Taylor Serrano. You're one of the best women's boxers out there. You are a draw in Southern California. You are a two division world champion. Um, being here, being part of this this event, like what what are your feelings kind of going into this fight? Oh, it's great. I'm very happy and excited, not only for Amanda and Katie, but for women's boxing in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I started boxing when I was eight, when women's boxing was unheard of. It wasn't seen anywhere. Like, we had the era of, like, Lucia Riker, Christy Martin, Leila Ali. And, but I was, I was too young at the time to, to, to watch them growing up. So my dad would tell me about them. We would watch their fights. Um, so he kind of introduced me to them. But when I started boxing at eight, and coming up in the amateurs, there was no females in the professionals to watch or to look up to. So it was, like I said, unheard of and unseen. And now, like, women's boxing is back, like, bigger and better than ever. And how, I, I know, obviously, some of your, most of your story. But, like, th- how tough was it kind of, you know, chasing that dream, being eight years old and women's boxing not being a big thing not knowing mm-hmm. like with men's boxing at least you can kind of see the path right like yeah, you can see exactly. i want to go to the olympics i want to get a top yeah. promoter behind me like when you're eight you're not you're nine or nine years old 10 years 11 years old, and still yeah. not there like how tough is it to kind of stay locked in on that yeah women's boxing is well boxing in general is unpredictable even for a, for a man but at least like you said like you have some kind of clarity of where you're going to be in the future with women's boxing you don't know anything it's just super unpredictable um so when I first started boxing, I just knew I loved it. It was, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be what I'm going to do for the rest of my adult hood. Um, but I didn't realize how difficult it was going to be hmm. at all. I was just a kid with a dream and this passion. And I didn't, I don't think I realized it until I was about to turn pro. Hmm. When I turned pro is when I realized like, ho- holy shit, like this is very <laughs> difficult. Like what, like, I don't know if this is, ever even going to be possible if women's boxing was going to break through the way it is now um but at the same time i still always had that belief and that faith that it was going to happen like i knew it i just didn't know when but i knew it was going to happen um and it just started happening within the past (laughs) two three years Mm. yeah so it's all about timing just staying patient and i remember dean um when i first turned pro he he didn't tell me this for a long time, but Dean Campos, said, your trainer. Yes, my uh, trainer yeah. Dean Campos. He um, he said, he finally told me one day. He's like, you know what? When I when I made my first hundred thousand in a fight, he said, I'm gonna tell you something that I never wanted to tell you because I didn't want to discourage you. But I thought to myself, if this girl makes a hundred thousand dollars in her entire career, like I'll be happy. <laughs> 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 so when, when I made my first hundred thousand in just one fight, yeah. he was like, "Wow, okay, like maybe, you know, she was right. Mm. She wasn't that crazy after all." Mm. Because I would tell him, you know, like, "No, I'm, I'm gonna make." And you went, and obviously I know this, and people that have watched you on DAZN, um on the broadcast know a little bit about this. But you went to Dean 
because of our good friend Sergio, right? Like yes. you grew up, <laughs> you talk about boxing role models. You love the style of Sergio Mora. Yeah, like, I love the style of Sergio. Um, Sergio you're, a, you're the one. Yes. <laughs> you're the I'm, one the, I'm the one person the one in this world style. that loves Sergio's style. Um, and then when I got to know him, I didn't like him as a person. <laughs> Just, kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Sergio, I love you. <laughs> he listens every um, show. Yeah, and uh, Dean did not want to train me because he was pretty much done training people after Sergio because Sergio was just his career was just so stressful and he's just such a <laughs> it was a lot you know so he didn't really want to be involved in boxing and especially to train a female he was like hell no I'm not gonna waste my time doing this <laughs> and I had known Dean since I was nine years old but um never trained with him just trained alongside them in the same gym um and I totally changed Dean's mind about mm -hmm. it yeah my dad gave him these videotapes one night and was like here like you know throw them on if you want to watch them so you can kind of, you know, get a feel for how she fights mm -hmm. because Dean was just going to help me out a couple days a week and give me some tips. Um, and Dean puts the tapes on and he just like in awe of the things I was doing as a kid, like my defense, my movement, my all my natural ability and talent. And he was like, wow, like I, I never really paid attention mm -hmm. to her like I am right now. Mm -hmm. So um, trained me for the first week. And he was like, okay, I'm going to give her some stuff that she's not going to be able to do. Like these moves that he was teaching Sergio, that Sergio would, it would take months for Sergio to learn. And I sparred two days later and I did all the moves that he told me to mm -hmm. do. And like I, I, my dad has, my dad records every sparring session. So on the video camera, you could hear Dean saying, holy shit, she did it. She <laughs> fucking did it. She did the move. <laughs> so they were freaking out about it. And then Dean's like, yeah, th these moves took Sergio like months to do. But like she's just so naturally talented and like gifted that there's no way he wanted that to go to waste. He knew that he could make me even better. So. Your, your father's a big part of your story. You have brothers. Mm -hmm. What made your father say, I'm going to put my daughter into boxing? I'm going to, this is, well, this is the path I want to help my daughter with. Well, he didn't want to put me in boxing. I, I have older brothers. So mm -hmm. when I was a little girl, my only option was to watch wrestling and boxing. I had no other choice. Um, <laughs> so when I was, five six seven years old did you consider becoming a professional wrestler <laughs> i did not you but did i not. did okay. get i ddt'd with my brother I have a scar on my lip <laughs> till this day uh so wrestling was was huge brutal. <laughs> wrestling was brutal huge ddt wrestling and boxing um my dad's favorite fighters are brutal duran so when i was six seven years old he would throw on old brutal duran fights we would watch them and i he would order the current pay-per-view fights whatever it was and um and I immediately f fell in love with boxing the first moment I saw it. Mm -hmm. So I asked him if mm. I can box. <laughs> well, first I asked him, Dad, do girls box? He said, yeah, they do, but there's just not that many. Yeah. And I said, well, I want to box. So I begged him for maybe like three to four months to take me to a gym every single day. Mm. And uh, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't do it. He would try to avoid it. So finally <laughs> did one day, walk into a gym, and my very first week or two, my dad set me up to spar with a boy because he wanted me to get beat up so I can cry and not want to go back to the gym. <laughs> but I ended up beating up the boy, making him cry. <laughs> and then my dad, that's when my dad's whole outlook on everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> and he was all in. And he was all he in. He still is all, all in. in. He's all, he was so in that like all the times I wanted to quit, he was like, nope, <laughs> you're not quitting. I've never seen your dad without a t-shirt with your face on it. Yeah. On. Yeah. Never, yeah. ever, ever, ever. All the times, whether he's at your fights or somebody else's fight, he is wearing a t-shirt with, uh, with yeah. your face on it, no doubt. <laughs> um, what do you think of where women's boxing is at? Christy Martin was on a couple of weeks ago, actually this week, 
Um, and she was kind of down on like the state of it. She's like, this event's cool, but I wish I think it should. I wish women's boxing was bigger than what it is right now. The totality of it. She thought it would have come even further than where it is right now. Where do you like? You think women's boxing's in a good place? Do you think it's trending in the right direction? It's, like it's heading in the right direction for sure. And a fight like this is gonna just open up the doors even more and break down the barriers even more. Thanks to promoters like Jake Paul and, and Eddie. Like mm -hmm. it takes like. Eddie was saying at the press conference um, yesterday is all we need to do is give the women this platform and this attention and marketing for a fight mm -hmm. and people are going to watch. Like, that's what I try to tell. Like, that's what I try to get through, like, Golden Boy's head. Like, give me the opportunity to, like, be the main event, to headline and, and, and give me the right type of promotion and marketing for it and see what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And like, like Eddie was saying about Katie, like, I would tell people, you just have to watch this girl. Just give it a, just watch her because mm -hmm. you know you hear people trainers or just you know people managers whatever talk about like a female fighter like oh this girl's great you got to watch her you got to watch her you watch her you're like eh you know but there's certain top level fighters like us that you just have to watch mm -hmm. and there's no way you can deny the talent whether you're male female you can't deny our talent yeah it's it's yeah. it's right there I, I mean Eddie's always he said something to me recently about it's not about paying, when you talk about money, it's like it's not about paying women equally, it's about paying everybody their fair value, like what value yeah. they bring to the show. And he's like, women bring the same value or more than most of the men out there. He mentioned like when Katie first fought in the US, or one of her first fights in the US <coughs> in Boston, um, it was at the Boston Garden, and Katie brought him in the locker room afterward and said, you see all those fans out there? Like, they're mine. Like, yeah. And, Tevin Farmer is making like two times more than me. Like, what, <laughs> yeah, that happened like, to me. I'm like <laughs> fighting at shows in, in LA where I, I sold all the tickets and the fan You're base, a big, like, people that know you're a big draw me, in LA. But yet yeah. I was being paid less than the men who were on the card who only had like five fans there, mm -hmm. for, you know? So I totally get where Katie's coming <laughs> from with that. And um, I'm happy she's making her highest payday. Yeah, it's only going to get better. Yeah. Seven figures, both of them. Um, and, and like the reason we say it's going the right direction, like it, there's just, and Corey and I were talking about this earlier, like there's just so many big fights for women out there. Like I can't wait for Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall over in the UK. That's like that's great. like, yeah. I want to fly over there and, and watch that, watch that fight. You and yeah. Marlon Esparza going back and forth all the time. You yeah. are, you know, you're, and, and yeah, and even even not with Merlin, but like other champions yeah. in, in the light flyweight, flyweight division, minimum weight, um, there's a lot of talent in those weight classes, but no one's seen them because yeah. there hasn't been anybody like me to right. give them that platform. Um, but people will see the, t the talent at the weight class. Soon. But you, yeah. you and Marlon in a rematch headlines staples. Like, oh, yeah, that's, for sure. <laughs> like, that's, like I always say, we say this all the time, like you are Marlon's biggest fan right now. Like, you know, yeah. win Marlon, win those, those the extra 112 belts and I'll come back up and wait and we'll do it again this time headlining exactly. in a sold-out show in Southern California, which would yeah. be an unbelievable scene. So um, this fight specifically, Taylor Serrano, like what are the variables for you? Like what are the unknowns? What, you know, what are you going to be looking for early in this fight? Uh, I'm a fan of both. And like I, I'm really – I'm just going back and forth with it. <laughs> I don't know who's going to win. It's 50-50. Like, <laughs> like you said, like everybody thinks. Um, I think it's just whoever comes in with the right game plan from the start of the fight to the end of the fight is going to win. I think Katie, her best option is to use her amateur experience and her movement to box and move around Serrano. And if she stays inside with Serrano, that's where it's going to benefit Serrano. Mm. Um, I think Serrano has the shorter, sharper punches that will get there faster than Katie's in the inside. So that won't be 
a good spot for her to stay in the mm -hmm. whole fight. So I think she has to box and move. Do you think that the, the fact that Katie's fought at higher at a higher level uh, opposition matters in this fight? Like you look at Serrano's resume, it's Heather Hardy's a name. Um, she's definitely fought some good fighters, mm -hmm. but you know, not if you make a list of the. 10 op best opponents between yeah. the both of them. I would say Katie's probably like, oh, eight of them. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah, does that Is that a variable for you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, Katie's definitely the best competition. She's gonna she's she's faced for sure. And uh, Katie's going to be able to adjust to certain things. I'm sure Amanda will be able to adjust as mm -hmm. well. Um, they, they know each other's styles very well. So, like I said, whoever can stick to the right game plan from the beginning to the end. Do you think the weight right? matters? Though, like... I mean, this well, is not Amanda's natural weight class. You think yeah, that's it? I, I think Amanda won't be able to hurt Katie, mm. but I also think Katie won't hurt Amanda. So, which makes it even better fight because we know it's going to be 12, 12, well, 10 rounds, sorry, mm. of just all out action. Mm. And you, uh, Amanda's an advocate of three minute rounds, as are you. Yes. Uh, why, why are you so, such a fan of three minute rounds? Because with two minutes, we just don't have time to do anything. Sergio, I don't have time to jab <laughs> with two minutes. Like, what am I, like, that's the thing that Sergio doesn't understand like, about women's boxing is we have two minutes. I'm not going to go out there and jab and bore the crowd away with a jab. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to go in there and score points. We have to go in there and try to hurt, hurt our opponent. There's mm -hmm. no time for any of that. So I think with three minutes, like, I wanted to fight three minutes my pro debut, like, and every fight after that. Like, I still try to, I still advocate for it every single fight. Mm. So the way it works is the opponent has to agree, the commission, the state athletic commission has to agree, and the organization of the title that you're fighting for has to agree. If all three agree, you can do it. Yeah. Um, the only organization that does not allow it at all is the WBC uh, because of some kind of scientific study they did on, a woman's brain like 50 years ago yeah, i'm sure it was very <laughs> yeah. scientific the wbc committed a lot of resources but but i think um katie not wanting to do three minute rounds is very smart on her oh behalf yeah because like, why with I, her style like she's she needs to just score points score yeah. and, and move uh serrano is a little bit uh slower and seems to like to set things up yeah so with the three minutes it would benefit serrano she also said to me interesting this week she's like my my purse was already set. Like, why would I add a minute per hour? If you want to pay me more, <laughs> like oh, you want okay, to do so with so about that, I don't agree with that. Like, I want to do three minute rounds, no matter how much I'm getting paid. Like mm -hmm. I said, when I made my pro debut for a thousand dollars, I wanted to do three minute mm -hmm. rounds. It's because I'm just I'm a fighter. Mm -hmm. Like I just I want to fight mm -hmm. three. I'll fight five minute rounds if I could. But yeah, <laughs> three minute rounds. I just feel like if we want to be equal with men like why not let us fight three minute rounds your spars if i was three minute rounds right yeah like that yeah. was that was great it was, like yeah no one's complaining afterwards able, for about yeah, that we're able to use jabs and set things up and see that Sergio <laughs> use the jab three minute rounds i will use the jab a lot if I, yeah i will use the jab a lot more if i <laughs> fight three minute rounds for sure all right no official doubt. prediction I just told you. You said 50-50. That's not I a good prediction. You're going to call a draw. You're calling a draw, too. No, not a draw, but... That's not a prediction, then. <laughs> but it is possible for a draw with, like, the shitty judges that you're saying. Correct, yes. Because of that, yes. yeah. That's, you're still not giving a prediction. You're, 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 you're <laughs> waffling. You're waffling. Like I said, <laughs> if Katie can box and move and have that game plan from the beginning to the end of the fight, she will win. If she stays in there with Amanda and tries to bang with her, Amanda will win. Okay. So what's going to happen? Somebody will win on a close <laughs> decision. <laughs> You're the worst picker ever. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's really like, I'm not saying this because I don't want to like 
put the other down. Right. Like I'm really a fan of both, and I think it can go either way. Yeah, I think that's that's the best part of all this. Like, no idea what happens. Too many fights in boxing. You know exactly yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, this exactly. is exactly. That's because the skill level is both. You know, yeah. at, at the same. Absolutely. Same level. So. Well, I appreciate you joining me, Sinisa. We'll hopefully see you back soon. I hope so. I hope so. Maybe. Anytime. Next July, couple of months. Maybe. July. I hope so. <laughs> Get back in the ring. <laughs> when we come back. Jake Paul. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fight fans, take your best shot with the $150 bonus in site credit guaranteed from FanDuel Sportsbook. It doesn't matter if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out. New customers get an instant $150 bonus in site credit on your first bet of $5 or more from March 13th to April 4th. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Choose the money line to the method of victory and so much more. And with cash out, the ball's in your court. So you can close out your bet whenever you want before the fight is over. To get your $150 bonus in site credit, guaranteed. To get your $150 bonus in site credit, guaranteed. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. All right, Jake Paul uh, has a lot of experience by now promoting his own fights this weekend he will be promoting someone else for the first time when amanda serrano steps into the ring against katie taylor in what is being billed as the biggest fight in women's boxing history that fight can be seen live at madison square garden where garden executives were telling me today they expect it to be sold out uh and you can watch it 
only on DAZN. Jake, uh, let's start there. Like, how's it feel just being a promoter this week? It's cool. It's way more chill. I just get to, you know, kick back, have some fun. There's way less pressure. Uh, so it's cool. But I love to support Amanda and still be around the fight environment. You know, my nerves still get, get going, and I'm just excited. What, what do you make of this fight being kind of what it is, just the, the size of the crowd that's going to be there on Saturday, the interest? I mean, it's going up against a really good men's fight in Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez out in Las Vegas, but it's Taylor and Serrano on the Today Show. Taylor and Serrano at the Empire State Building, which is going to be lit up on Saturday night in the colors of Ireland and Puerto Rico. What do you make of kind of the the magnitude of this event? I mean, the buzz is insane. And, you know, I, I credit that to Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor being, you know, the two pound for pound best going at it. And the women are so excited to see this fight. My my female fans are like raving about it. My mom is excited. My girlfriend's excited. They're more excited than any of the other men's fights. So I think for women in general, this is just such a big moment. And I challenge every young lady or, or female in general to tune in on Saturday and to, to be a part of this historic moment. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just so cool. Madison square garden and the buzz is growing, like you said, but it's, it's, uh, it's just getting started. We still got three days left to promote this fight, baby. No, I think that's true what you said about the number of women interested. I mean, I, I live in Boston full-time, and saw a lot of the women that I go to the gym with have come up to me and said, we're taking the Amtrak to New York to go see this fight. Women that have never been to a boxing match before. It's bringing in an audience that probably wasn't there. Which is incredible, you know, and, and, it's, and it's so awesome to hear that. Um, and to be a part of that and that's why this is bigger than just boxing and for that reason I think people want to tune in to, to be a part of this legendary moment because you're going to hear about this fight in the history books for a long time so one of the reasons Jake that uh, it is such a big fight is in part due to the visibility you gave to Amanda uh, over the last year putting her on your undercards making her the co-main event um, you really could have worked with anybody to, to be the co-man. You could have elevated anybody. What was it about Amanda Serrano that made you, you know, kind of want to help build her like this? Look, I mean, when I first met her, she was uh, a seven division world champion. And she was telling me these stories about how she was only getting paid, you know, a thousand dollars, five thousand, ten thousand dollars here and there uh, for fights. And to me, it didn't make any sense because I was like, the only person to win in more weight divisions than you is Manny Pacquiao. And he gets paid like 30, $40 million to fight. So you deserve a bigger platform. You deserve a spotlight. And, you know, she was always supportive of me. We hit it off as friends uh, since day one. And when I created most valuable promotions, it, you know, Amanda was also like around at that time. And it just made so much sense for, Nikisa and I to sign her and helps to start manage her career um, and you know the rest is really history yeah I mean you talk a lot and you're visible a lot with UFC stuff and and how you want to see UFC fighters get paid more but when Amanda did tell you kind of what she was making you know winning these world titles I mean kind of what was your reaction I was just confused like you know and and uh, I just felt bad in a sense like Cause she, when she was talking about it, she was like emotional about it and how she was, she was just like sad and she knew 
that she was getting taken advantage of, but this is also her passion and what she loved doing. So for her, it wasn't really about the money, but she knew she deserved more. Um, and so for me, I, I, yeah, I felt bad. And I was like, we, you know, there's, there's a lot we could do here to, to help and change this around. And I gave her the biggest payday uh, so far of her career in that first time I put her on the undercard. So, uh, and even that, that for her was life-changing. So you're working in this fight in conjunction with Eddie Hearn. Um, Eddie's been a promoter for a long time. You've known Eddie for a while now. Uh, what have you learned about the art of promoting from Eddie Hearn? You know, use fancy words, wear turtlenecks, <laughs> um, and come up with awesome sentences that make this fight sound really cool um, and legendary. So yeah, it's all it's it's really like a it's like an art. You're, he's almost a poet in a sense. How so? Th this is this is a fifty-fifty kind of fight. Katie has said it. Amanda has said it. How confident are you that Amanda's going to win? I think I'm very confident. I think just like stylistically, she has the advantage. She's more in her prime. Katie is a little bit older, um, so. We'll see how the, they handle the moment, but Amanda's big been on some big fights with my undercard in front of these massive crowds recently. So I think she'll have less nerves and the uh, come forward pressure and her working to the body, I think is going to be the difference in this fight. What's the one thing you're worried about going into this fight? I'm worried that she gets caught up in Katie's game plan which would be like sticking and moving. I think Amanda's defense also has to be really sharp where, you know, sometimes Amanda gets caught up and she just keeps on going. She doesn't care about the punches coming back. The difference is, is Katie's, you know, a, a laser and she, she's very accurate and strong as well. So Amanda's defense has to be on point and she can't just fall into Katie's traps. Do you look at this fight, Jake, as being maybe – the first of a few fights between these two women. I mean, great rivalries are often more than just one fight. It's funny you say that. I, uh, I was going to sleep last night and I had this vision that we would be doing this fight week like two or three more times. So I don't know what that means, but my premonitions usually come true. So <laughs> We might be, we might see a trilogy fight here going on. I don't know, but, or we could be totally wrong. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's almost no way this can't be close, right? So if it's close, and and it, it probably can't be bad either. Like, so if it's close and it's good, I would imagine the appetite's still pretty strong to see it again. No, you're spot on, and I think that's where the the premonition came from, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I could totally see that turn this turning into like a Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward situation. Do you tell her anything about, I mean, Amanda's fought on your undercards, but she's never been a headliner on an event this big. Uh, Katie kind of has Katie's been, you know, in a bigger moments, I would say uh, publicly. Do you talk to her at all about kind of how to handle that given that you've started to handle it a lot in your life? No, I think Amanda has got it. I don't think she really cares and is, has so much experience and doesn't really, you know, let the crowd get to her in that sense. Uh, 
and I don't want to be like overbearing or like try to step on her toes or anything. So I think she's got it to be honest, but um, she's a professional. So we'll see. Are you going to be more anxious going into your, going to this fight or going into your own fights? Definitely this fight. I, you know, I don't, I really don't even get that anxious for my own fights. Um, so th- I'll be way more anxious. I'm, I'm already starting to get anxious at the beginning of the week. I was like, I was like, nah, like, you know, I don't, I'm not even that nervous. And now that as the days are going on, I'm, I'm getting more and more excited, but also more and more nervous. I think I'm going to probably lose my voice screaming for Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> um, before I let you go, you know, people kind of wondering when you're going to be back in the ring. Have you given much thought to your next move? Yeah, I'll be back in August. You know, we're locking down the date, the opponent, and uh, the venue. But a lot of names on the list and uh, excited to come in hot off of the knockout of the year and put on another electric performance. Is to- is uh, Tommy Fury on that list? Yeah, he's definitely on the list. So is Mike Tyson and Anderson Silva and... Bisbing and Sonny Williams and Floyd Mayweather and Oscar <laughs> Dembele. You know, the list goes on, man. The list goes on. You seem to go back and forth on Tommy, though. Some days you say absolutely not. Some days you keep the door open. Yeah, I'm. You know, um, I'm 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 a moody person. You know, I'm a <laughs> moody person. So we'll we'll see what ends up happening. All right, Jake. Uh, good luck on Saturday, man. It's going to be a wild event, and uh, looking forward to being there on Fight Night. Thanks for joining me. Awesome, man. Thank you. When we come back, 130-pound champion Shakur Stevenson. All right, it's a massive boxing weekend on the East Coast. You've got Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano on the West Coast in Las Vegas. You have one of the biggest men's fights of the year. Shakur Stevenson, Oscar Valdez, 130-pound unification fight. Uh, Shakur Stevenson, 2016 Olympic silver medalist, two-division world champion, trying to become unified at a very young age at this point. And we, as we always point out with Shakur, he's a massive, massive fan of how I score fights. Like he, he DMs me all the time telling me how good I am and uh, how much he wishes I could score more of his fights. Am I getting that right, Shakur? No, nah, that is definitely not the truth. I think like, you might be, you might have the worst scorecard since Harold Letterman. You said that last time. I know you brought Letterman into this last time. All right. I think one of y'all, y'all are definitely like top one and two all time history worst scorecards ever. <laughs> he's, but he's an all time great man. Like he's a legend in the boxing industry. All right, back in the day, he was good, but like the later part of his career, he wasn't good. But Shakur, I'm in my early 40s right now. I should be like in my prime when it comes to scoring fights. That's what I thought. But every time I sit there and watch them the zone podcast, I mean fights, you don't do good, man. Blowing it, blowing it. Um, You got a massive one uh, this weekend against Oscar Valdez. Uh, You know, you wanted, you called for this fight for a long time, and you have consistently been the guy that says, I want big fights every single time out. Like, why why do you why is that? Why do you feel like you always why do you always want the top guys in your division, whether it's one twenty six or one thirty? I mean, I'm just one of them people like I want to test my skills versus the best. I feel like um, I gotta get in there with the best of the best and prove that I'm the best. That's the only way to be the best is by fighting fighters and proving that you're better than them. So um that's how I look at it. I look at it like from a competitive standpoint, because I'm that type of fighter. Like I gotta 
I want to fight the best. That's the only way I'm going to be recognized as one of the greats or a legend in the sport is by fighting the best of the best. And I don't care who it is, as long as they sign that dotted line, I'm ready to fight. Yeah, you, you sound a lot like Errol Spence did here a couple of weeks ago, where he said almost the exact same thing. Like, why would I want lesser fights? Why wouldn't I want to test myself against the very best out there? Is that kind of the same attitude? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you got to test yourself with the best um, just to prove you're the best. Like I said, I feel like um, that's the only way I'm, I even got the chance to fight for the Ring Magazine belt this fight. Um, that's a huge thing. And it's showing uh, the respect level of the fight that I'm fighting. So um, this is the fight, this fight at the fight in Jamel Heron, who was a champion and um, was defending his title and coming off one of the biggest wins of his career in Car Frampton. Um, then going back and fighting this dude off of one of the biggest wins of his career in Burchell. Um, I think I deserve every bit of respect for this. Um, you mentioned uh, beating Jamel Herring. Uh you know, a fight like that, we've seen you fight with great skill. We have not seen you fight with that kind of power at this point. Uh, what what did we see new in Shakur Stevenson? I mean, it just, you know, styles make fights. And um, stylistically, uh, I couldn't sit back and really, like, box, well, I probably could have. But if I had sat back and boxed with him, he'd have more of a chance because of the fact that he got the longer arms and, um, he's the taller fighter, the bigger fighter, and he would have been probably able to um, keep me at a little range. And that's his style. Like, he know how to, like, keep people on the outside, use his awkwardness. And I told myself um, before the fight that I wasn't going to let him even be awkward in the fight. I was going to go in there and step to him and mentally drain him early on to know that I am who I say I, I, am, who I, say I am. I want these fighters to know from round one, two, three, and four, that Shakur is everything he say he is. Like, he's that good. So, um, that was my goal in that fight. And it's a goal in this fight, too, to let Oscar Valdez know, like, this is not just for show. Did we, did we see you in some way, Shakur, kind of grow into some man strength in that fight? You're still, as I said at the top, a young guy. Did we see kind of um, a more physical side of you because of kind of your physical maturity? Maybe, maybe, um, but at the end of the day, I feel like I was been growing into my physical strength. Um, if you watch my fight when I brought boxing back and caught the dude with a body shot and stopped him, um, I was bullying him at times too. Like I would put my body on him and physically um, beating him up. Uh, when I fought Toka Khan, you could tell I was the bigger, stronger fighter and I took um, advantage of that. So. Um, I think it's been coming. It's just, you know, it was broadcasted a lot more because of the circumstances of the fight, and it was a lot bigger stage than normally. What are you expecting from Valdez? Does he remind you of anyone you've fought in the past? Uh, maybe a Joette. Maybe a Joette, but the difference with them is um, Joette is not as strong, and he comes with straight pressure. Valdez pressure is more so winging, uh, haymakers, and hooks. So maybe like a Joette kind of style because he's going to try to push the pace. And uh, I expect him to be on Valdez. I mean, he's going to come in there and do whatever it takes to win. He's a champion. Got to respect him as a champion. He never lost. He always finds a way to win. But this time he's going to know it's, it's a difference. You got to come in there and try to crack a cold that is a real hard cold to crack. Are you expecting the Valdez that fought against Miguel Burchelt or the guy we saw in his last fight against Conceição? 
I'm looking for the Valdez who fought Bichelle. You got to understand, after having bad performances like that, um, fighters always want to get in and try to prove themselves and make up for their last performance, which I did when I fought um, Nakatia and then fought Jamel. So um, fighters had that on their mind. So I'm expecting the best version of Valdez to show up. At the end of the day, I don't think the best version of Valdez could be this Shakur Stevenson that he's fighting. There was the issue with Valdez with the positive test before his last fight. How comfortable are you going into this fight that you're facing uh-huh. a clean guy? Uh, I can't worry about that. Like, I, I did everything in my power business-wise. I feel like this is the most I done seen Vada in any fight that I done had. It was a lot of Vada um, blood test, piss test going on in this fight. So, uh, I can't worry about that. I got to focus on my destiny. I know my destiny is to be one of the best fighters um, ever. And the way to do that is by doing what I've been doing my last um, few fights. So I can't really focus on what happens. That's out of my control. All I know is I'm focused on getting in the ring and doing my job. One thing that Jamel said here on this show a couple of weeks ago was that he thought this might be your last fight at 130. We could see you move up to 135. You're laughing as, as you hear that. What do you think about that? I'm only laughing because... A lot of people before I fought Jamel, they were saying like uh, Jamel is the bigger guy. Um, he's a lot bigger than Shakur. But when I got in the ring with him, I felt like he was small. Like I looked at him, I'm like, yo, this dude is really like, he's all bones. He's like skinny and like, so I'm just laughing because he been in there with me. And that means he noticed like I'm a lot bigger than what he expected. So um, I definitely, uh, I, I disagree, though. I'm, I'm comfortably making 130, and um, I'll probably be here for a minute, so. Is the goal then for you to get, you know, to unify even further at 130, if, you know, whenever you get that chance? The goal is to beat Valdez. If I don't mm. beat Valdez, we ain't talking about no unifications. We ain't talking about me being undisputed. We ain't talking about none of that. The goal <laughs> is Saturday night, go in there, beat Valdez. That's what's in front of me right now. We can't look past him because if you look past him, that's what he's talking about. Oh, I'm going to try to catch him making a mistake, and I won't be that fighter that make any mistake in this fight. You're still an improving fighter, um, as we saw in your last fight. You know, Do you feel like you're improved going into this fight? Will we see new wrinkles to your game in this fight? Wrinkles? I thought wrinkles is like when somebody, um, like a, a, a fault, like a bad thing. I thought no, it can be both. It can be both. You know, okay, yeah, layer, it's called see, layers then. Layers. Layers to your game. Yeah, yeah you might see some <laughs> new layers to my game because um, definitely I'm not trying to show any wrinkles. I'm trying to <laughs> go in there and, you know, uh, make it um, as dominant as possible. That's the type of fighter I am. I'm a dominant fighter. I don't like close fights. I don't like judges scoring rounds to anybody else. So I'm going in there and make sure that I win every round. Yeah, no question. Well, Shakur, the beauty of this weekend is that boxing fans can see both the Taylor Serrano fight and your fight. I assume you're you're happy about that, uh, that, you know, there's not going to be any kind of conflict uh, in these events. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I love the fact that they got all eyes on the ladies, and um, then they're going to flip the channel and be able to come watch me right after. So I fully support them. I'll probably watch a little bit of it, but I'm more so going to be watching fight, fights that probably emulate the fight that I'm finna fight, so. No question. Well, score. I promise you one thing. I'll be scoring Taylor Serrano, and then I'm turning my TV on. I'm scoring every fucking round of your fight and putting it all on Twitter every single time out. 
And I don't think you should do that because your scorecards <laughs> are not good. So I would say sit back, enjoy, watch the fight because, you know, you're not – that's not what you're best at. I think that you <laughs> stick to what you're best at. I think you're good at interviewing people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what you're best <laughs> Oh, I love it. Shakur, good luck against Valdez, man. And uh, thanks, as always, for joining me. Thank you, Chris. When we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. Time now for this. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And as long as it keeps running, and so far, so good... I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, That's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This week's picks brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. The big fight this weekend, Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano, Uh, 135-pound undisputed championship on the line. Two of the best pound-for-pound fighters in all of boxing. And this is as close, odds-wise, as a big fight can be. Katie Taylor is plus 104. Amanda Serrano, minus 130. So Serrano, a slight favorite going into this fight. I think that's wrong. I think Katie Taylor is going to prove to be the better fighter. I don't think she's going to dominate, but I think Katie is the better boxer in this fight I think she's going to outbox Amanda Serrano over 10 rounds. So take Katie Taylor to win this fight. Now, method of victory. Taylor, by points or decision, is plus 155. Not the greatest of odds, but I think that's the only way she wins. She hasn't had a stoppage win in some time now. Not a big puncher anyway. Uh, So don't take the Katie Taylor by KO. That's not going to happen in this fight. Take Taylor by points, plus 155. Taylor wins a decision, retains her titles, and maybe it's the first of two maybe three fights, maybe more against Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano. That's this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel.
That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Corey Erdman, Sinisa Estrada, Jake Paul, and Shakur Stevenson for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. Next week, we'll be in Las Vegas, and we will track down Sergio Mora. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.